Kyle, let me ask you, how is your E. coli uh, hot pile of melted queso from good old-fashioned Chipotle? Gotta be honest. Gotta be honest. It was not good. It was not good. I you know, expecting- Kyle, for for a guy who uh, reads so much online and likes to cite reviews, I can't believe you ever got yourself into that position in the first place, but go on. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're a little bit of a Chipotle household, and we didn't let the whole E. coli thing affect us for a while. Uh, however, after the last round of whatever, we've stayed away from it. But last night, I went to get a haircut. My wife's like, pick up dinner. I I voted for Panera. I was going to get the, veg, the veggie mm. sandwich, but she wanted Chipotle, so Chipotle it was. When I went in there, I remember that they had queso. Me, I'm not a huge queso guy. To me, I prefer a good salsa over a queso any day, but... I was like, all right, hot queso, get that on the side, maybe sprinkle it on our burrito bowls, bowls, dip the chips in it. It wasn't good. It was like chunky. It wasn't peppery enough. It wasn't cheesy and or salty enough. Hard to screw up queso, but it was very blah. And uh, yeah, thus far, I haven't voided my intestines, so that's a good sign, but um, wasn't feeling so hot after that. I was like coughing. I have a chest cold, so I think the cheese was just sort of working its way through my, my bronchioles. That's disgusting. Adam, this is why like this is why I don't blame you for not ever getting involved in the Slack chat at this point. Is this what you guys talk about in the Slack chat? This somehow came up and he uh, he dropped in this picture of uh, of this queso and he was he proceeded to uh, face the backlash of the entire group. The uh, the group scorn was at an all time high. Kyle was surprised and then he sends us this video of him pouring it over what looked like a rice bowl. Yes. And queso is supposed to be kind of smooth, silky, you know, plus your little chunks of, of tomato, pepper, whatever else you want to put in there. It looked like something I wiped up from my nine-month-old's diaper. Ew. It was It was disgusting looking. Wait, I thought you guys were talking about hamburgers. Uh, that, that came later because Kyle is convinced that there's this place in Delco called Charlie's that he said everybody knows about Everybody knows you're going to hear Charlie. from so many readers and, today no, that's, telling, telling that's you fine. how in the dark you are. Look, they're, they're tweeting as we speak. There are people listening to this. That's perfectly fine. Joy on broad. But do me a favor. Adam if Lefko, you if you tweet at us about knowing what Charlie's is, let me know what town you're from, because I've got a buddy who lived in Delco. I've got a few friends who live from Delco. Believe me, some of the best Delco people. He works for the county. He's never heard of Charlie's. So. I don't feel like it's this universal thing. Maybe it's a certain section of Delco knows about False. Charlie's. False. Um, but now I, I will for tell all the you Delco this: people I've run into, I've never heard of Charlie's. I will. Uh, I will say this: I am surprised that no one in the Slack chat, who I realize no one is from Delco, knew what Charlie's was. I thought it was a little more renowned in the Philly area than it was. I may have miscalculated on that. However, okay. if if you're from Delco, like I am, you know the. The world is Delco, and then everything else that happens, you just see on TV. This is why when people from Delco get famous, like Tina Fey, they have to go eat um, Pika's on The Tonight Show. Because like you just can't believe that you've made it from Delco, that you have to pull Delco out with you and bring hardened soft pretzels, or hardened pretzels and water ice and, and Pika's everywhere you go. Charlie's is the burger joint. It's a little bit off, it's off 420 and 95, about a couple miles up from 95. It's not... Like probably 15 minutes from the airport, um, there are two Delco like old school burger places. There's Charlie's, you get a burger and a black and white milkshake, and then there's other people who will swear by um, Zach's, which is like in in the Aston area. So your buddy, if he's works for the county, he's probably in media. He might be a Zach's guy, but you pick one of the two. Um, Charlie's, I would I would tell any anybody who's going to a game, you can make a side run to go 20 minutes out of your way and go to Charlie's, and it will be well worth your time. The only thing is they, they're in such, like, uh, DGAF mode that they shut down for, like, the entire winter, and they're randomly closed on Tuesdays. So just uh, pr- schedule accordingly because they're not open a lot. I'm going to poke uh, the bear on this one. Yeah. There was this, this, this sounds a little bit like there was a place up in, in Skook called Tony's Lunch. And Tony's was a place that you would go to late at night when you wanted to hate yourself. Uh, the rumor had always been, or the folklore had been, that the uh, the flat top grill had never been cleaned. Um, they had this hot sauce that this nice old lady, I don't know her name, that she would make. 
and it was like a lot of red pepper flakes and a lot of I think there was some ghost pepper in there. Um, they were delicious, but then they had this thing called the fluff burger, and yes, yeah. it's exactly what you think it would be. It was marshmallow fluff on a cheeseburger. Oh, no. But Give you me. would have that on the same burger as that hot sauce and that hot and sweet. Uh, it was it was perfect. You had a, a long night out on the town and uh, you needed something to to throw back. Uh, a fluff burger was the way to go. That, uh, no. my, my my choice during college though was definitely Buddy Burger in Westchester. I I, I love Buddy Burger. Similar sort of to Five Guys. Uh, that that was my go to spot. If I'm in Westchester, I still go out of my way to to go hit up a Buddy Burger. Five Guys is really good. I love it. Um, Somebody in the chat was all big on Jack's Wayback, which I've never had like an amazing Chris. burger there. Yeah. Um, I, have I you guys almost... ever had Elevation Burger? I don't know what this oh, is. Yes. I've never, I've never had gl- Elevation. I forgot to put that in the rankings. So I did, Adam, I did, you missed it in the Slack chat. I did an impromptu rankings oh, man, of local I missed burgers. It. You did? And, oh, shit. And I did. I forgot Elevation Burger. <laughs> Elevation was organic burgers. They're kind of the thinner burgers, like a Wendy's sized burger. Um, and it's didn't a chain. You put, you put Wendy's in your uh, power pause, rankings. Didn't pause. Pause. Well, he, so here's a few things, and I I, I want to get Adam's thoughts on this. By the way, Russ, your Schuylkill place sounds like a little bit gimmicky. That burger does sound good. Charlie's is no frills. Like, what do you mean gimmicky? Uh, putting fluff on a burger is a gimmick, dude. I, I'm it sounds good. You, Don't I, get me I, wrong. I have to tell you something. Like, I have to tell you something. I have to yeah. tell you something That's very gross. very quick about about Schuylkill County. There are no gimmicks. You you get what is given to you. Fair, fair. It's not, it's not fair. some like hipster. Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, fair. I, I get where you're driving at. Um, no, Charlie's is no frills. It is a shack. Like it is an old shack. However, it is it is clean. Like that 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 griddle is the is is spotless. Um, and they, they have like small burgers. They're kind of like the Wendy's dollar size burger. Like, and this is why it gets tough when you're comparing burgers. Because a, a Five Guys, to the reason I'm not a Five Guys guy, is that they give you such. It's just so big, but it's like, it's just a lot. So there's different types of burgers. The Charlie's Burger is a kind of dollar menu sized burger. Um, you get it on a on a thing. They put a little salt and pepper. They put it down. They have these little squares of cheese that melt on it, and then you just tell them what you want. You get like ketchup, mustard, pickle, peppers, onions. There's not a whole lot of choices. They scoop the ketchup on with a spoon. You get the golden style mustard. You get the pickles, and then the their genius is if you get like you can't get less than four. You know, because it's a special occasion when you go. So they'll wrap them up in wax paper, and then they put all your burgers. They save the bags that the buns come in, and you get your burgers in the bun bag. It's it's be- it's a beautiful thing. And there's like half our listeners right now are nodding their head. The the rest of you just have to try it. Um, anyway, the official I'm rankings. That half of our listeners haven't tuned out yet. No, th- no, they're they're all in on this. Are the they? official rankings: number one, Charlie's; number two, Shake Shack; number three, Wendy's. Ooh. Wendy's makes a good burger. Like Shake Shack, do like Shake Shack. Uh, number four, uh, this is this is obviously niche. A place called Pags in Doylestown. They make a it's like a bar pub. Seriously, one of the best burgers I've ever had. Um, five Guys, fifth, Burger King, McDonald's, and then I had dot 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 twelfth for Jake's. Jake's is Jake's is trash. Um, wow. But I did forget Elevation Burger is very good. I would actually slot them a right behind wendy's they're like an organic wendy's and um it's a little bit hit or miss but for me you guys all raved about five guys their fries are I li- great no, I, I like five guys but no i know I, you... I, I would rather a shake shack yeah i like a shake okay. shack burger yeah okay agreed I, I don't hate five guys but i think their fries are what make them stand out and you have to get the single burger the the regular burger with two things is just too much not that it's like mm. too much food it's just too you just feel like shit after you eat five guys. Like, give just me absolute dog shit. Give me a double shack burger. <coughs> give me the five guys fries and the cheese sauce from uh, Shake Shack, and I'm happy. Adam. Adam this is the not... most in-depth fat kid conversation I've ever heard. Uh, vegan so Adam? Worse. No, vegan not, not vegan. No, it's just, um, man, I haven't heard of any of these uh, uh, hamburger places. What? I, I Man, if if Adam were really if Adam were really vegan, jaw he wouldn't uh, take part in this conversation today. But you I have to know what Five Guys later. is. Of course. Well, I mean, like, so there's a Five Guys in the West Village, 
and there's a speakeasy above it. So you have to go into the Five Guys and through it to get to the speakeasy. That's the most hipster sentence you've ever said. Oh, it's awesome. Well, no, but it's great. The problem is is it's guaranteeing you're going to get Five Guys on the way out. Smart. Smart. Like it. uh, But, oh, I mean, the fact that you order from Five Guys and it comes in a brown paper bag, and by the time, like, you either get to your destination or sit down, it's saturated with oil. (laughs) Yeah, Five Guys makes you feel like crap, but it's good. Mm-hmm. But like Shake a Shack top burger. Really like, what would you do, Five Guys or Shake Shack? I would go to I would go to this restaurant called Balthazar. You mentioned this and one get before, like a twenty one dollar. That was where I broke my vegan. That, oh, head. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a big thing with burger rankings because I, I have no doubt that Balthazar is terrific. And the, the same way, it's just a I random sh- place. It's not even like a big name. Right, like, and I struggled, my wife and I, as we were putting these together very in-depth last night while eating our disgusting queso dip, uh, writing this on the back of the Chipotle bag, um, which is like the ultimate in being fat, we did, We were struggled whether to put Village Whiskey or Whiskey Village, I can never remember the order of this, um, on there, because, like, have either of you guys had uh, a whiskey, Village Whiskey Burger? Whiskey Village? Whiskey Village? Village Whiskey? Yeah. Whiskey Warner. Village? Where's that now? I don't know what that is. So it's a Garces. uh, It's a Garces restaurant downtown. It's like Like, I bet you the Ritz Carlton has an amazing $15 burger. Well, generally speaking, the let's just for the sake of this conversation, we'll go village whiskey. I can never remember the order of it is whiskey. It, it, it generally comes one or two along with, I believe park in Rittenhouse for the best burgers in the city. And I think most people in our demo tend to prefer uh, the Whiskey Village burger. But again, it's like a $23 burger. It's a, it's mm. in a different... I don't know if you could compare a place, place like Balthazar or Whiskey Village and put them alongside a Shake Shack and a Charlie's because you're just comparing apples and, you know, apples and pristine, organically farmed, hand-pressed apple juice. Like, it, they're... they're it's, it's the same family. Where's the best burger thing. at the Sixers game for tonight? Well, Shake Shack. You have Shake Shack there. Easy. Mm. Where's the Shake Shack at in Wells Fargo? Been there for a year. Come on, Russ. Really? Yes. It's huge. Is it on lower level or up? Lower, lower level? level, right across oh. from the uh, See, I, I can only afford upper level seats. Uh, Although I was just I looking at StubHub and... Uh, and there are some lower level ones for like eighty five bucks, and I'm ah, oh, don't tell me that. I spent really, seventy third row, second level on Wednesday. Yeah, I, like I'm I looking at a fair. section right now. They're eighty seven bucks. They're row twenty two on StubHub. I'm if I buy them and I don't tell my wife until later, I feel like she will punch me in the head. But it would be worth it because did you see the uh, shirt that they're giving away tonight? Looks like a it's it's pretty funny. It's got it's the shirt. caricatures of Brett Brown and the squad, and it's nice. I'm concerned. Say, Should we talk about Brett and the squad? Well, I want to know. I want to know if people come up to Kyle at Sixers games and say hi. Um, I don't. Yeah, occasionally at sporting games. Uh, I've gotten it more at Flyers games than anything. I just think because it's like smack dab in the middle of our demo. I, right. I don't say a lot. If I go to, I get like maybe three, depending on the game, like maybe three people at a game. Be like, hey, hey, fan of the site, like. Like that. Are that's you willing you, to say what sentence. section you'll be in tonight? Yeah, I'm uh, 207 row three. And it's gonna be you and so your get dad. That, get that, Me ladies and, and gentlemen. And uh, yeah, like I mean, you're not lower. Your son? If you're a real, if you're a real He's Crossing broadcast two. fan, you'll say hi to Kyle's dad, and you won't say hi to Kyle. Uh, Kyle, I took I took my two year old before he was two to his first Sixers game. It was the uh, the Joel Embiid Houston Rockets game where he oh, hyperextended wow. his knee twice. No, yeah, I took but... him, and we I think we left. We left during the third period. Yeah, like, but it was it was good. It was like he loved it. We got to go down to the floor beforehand, and we got to watch Joel. Russ, are you are you president of the Let's Beat the Traffic fan club? No, it's because it's because he was like two, because and he, he was finally, it, yeah. yeah, he was he was starting it's, to get a little bit a little bit cranky, and this is why you don't take a kid. I have a rule: you shouldn't take a kid under under three to a sporting event. But if you want to go with two, and like. But Russ, to answer your question, your 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 kid did not get anything out of Joel Embiid shoot, in shoot around. That was all for you, and he just tolerated it. Um, no, he this he is didn't. where this he is where you're wrong because he was pointing because he knows certain players' names. He does not. If he was yes, he did. Two. No, I swear. 
Dude, he did. Because he would also, when he would see a picture of Sam Hankey, he would say, Hankey. Oh, yeah, man. My kid's smart. And it's all right. Like, if your kid doesn't do it, it's okay. I'm not looking to compare kids here. I'd Russ, buy stock. Russ's Russ kid doesn't kid. know dad that. He knows Hankey and Mailman. I would be, oh, I'd be fine with the Hankey. <laughs> mailman, that's just a low blow. That's what that is. I'm, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I think right. I think Kyle knows JoJo Power Jam. I tell him JoJo Power Jam, and he goes over and dunks on his hoop. So that's... we got that. But no, the, the thought of, especially for the opener, you know, I'm, there's no way you're going to be able to watch the game. So uh, next year, I think, will be his, his sports intro year. Next summer, we'll go to a Phillies game. I think that will make, will make it our first one. I see, when I see people who bring infants who are, like, still, like, you know, in the sacks, you know, in the knapsacks, I, I get mad at those people. Like, your kid doesn't want to be there. It's it's just, a, like, it's just the thought of taking an infant to a sporting event, especially an outdoor hot Phillies game. You'll see, like, a three-month-old. Yeah, see, like, that's, what are you I doing? I think that's where it's different. They're too. doing it for the Instagram. They, they are, and, like, Probably. the kid's not enjoying it. It's not a good like, it's not a good guys. environment. You know that Wait, Kyle, how much did you, how much did you spend on your tickets in uh, 207? 70 bucks. So for $9 more per ticket, you could have gotten row one. That's right. I, actually, I'm not I'm really, a row one guy. I'm, I'm, really, a, I'm really big on this looking on step up thing. I'm going to check with my wife. I, I want to go tonight. I'm not a row one guy because if you jump up, I like to jump up and celebrate, and I don't like jumping up in row one upstairs. I'll yeah, that's honest. true because you could fall and die. And it, yeah. Do they show the Sixers games in the coal mines? Oh, that is a good question. You or know, you, I, as, you, as somebody who never worked in the coal mine, like my like my fathers before me. Uh, you had multiple fathers. No, I was trying to. Mailman. I thought I thought that was the phrase, but it, it's father before <laughs> me. Whatever. Sorry. Yep. They have they have oracles. I blew that. Who, Got him. They have they have these great oracles who reenact the game with hardened coal rocks uh, on a blank sh- tablet. It's true. We actually would play so basketball into a sinkhole, and if you would uh, if you jam <laughs> too hard on the sinkhole, you'd fall through. <laughs> Uh, Sounds like a great like like mutant league style video game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of mutants, really quick, did you guys see the video <laughs> of of Markel Fultz shooting the free throw yes. and they spliced it together with the Monstars stealing his talent and then From leading Space to the Jam. yeah that was incredible and so unfortunately relevant. Yeah. Oh, we haven't got to talk about that first game yet, huh? Nope. We have Thank not. God we talked about burgers. By the way, Adam, you don't know Village Whiskey? Oh my god. No, I thought it was Whiskey, it's Whiskey Village. Village. Whiskey. He's been saying Whiskey Village. The have whole you time, been there? I, I feel like that's like no. I know you're a New York guy, but No, I'm little... just whatever you say, I just say the opposite. I uh, I can't believe I thought that would for sure be like in your wheelhouse. Kyle, so I have a feeling that when it comes to Delco, young, Charlie's affluent single. Now, Charlie's is probably the Under Armour. No, it's not. Burger joints. Oh, you're, you oh, think your it's, Twitter. You think Rest it's cool. Rest in peace to your Twitter. It is, it is very cool. I want Rest people in to, peace to your Twitter. Uh, at Joy on Broad, at Crossing Broad, at Adam Lefko. <coughs> Poor Lefko. Has... Yeah, don't drag me into this. <laughs> oh, God, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Adam, I loved hearing my name on Sims and Lefko. That made drink. That made my uh, made my day. Drink. It was just yeah. a very brief moment. Yeah, I imagine When is Sims, Sims coming on? I imagine Sims waking up for this podcast and being like, N- what are you, burgers? No, I'm out. We can he move does, this to the night. He does love a good burger, though. If the Eagles make the playoffs, can we get Sims on? Yeah, we can figure it out. All right. That sounds good. Yo, hold on. So the Sixers started their season in Washington, and we haven't been able to talk about it yet. I was. It was the most I've enjoyed watching a basketball game in years. Yep. I would concur with you. Professional game. Uh, well, ben Simmons professional. looks so, much so good. <clears throat> the guy who stole the night, though, was Covington. Yes. Like, S- Simmons is absolutely the guy that, that I think we are going to enjoy watching the most. Um, you know, taking Embiid out of the equation. He when played we, point when we center. Cross our fingers, but, yeah, that was one of the things that they were talking about at halftime. And, and I was confused why Chauncey Billups seemed confused. Because he said, wow, it looks like they're actually playing him at point guard, not point forward like LeBron. It's like, dude, this is what we've talked about since they drafted him. This is what they've talked about all summer. Did you do any research before you did this pregame show and this halftime show? Like, this is exactly what we knew would happen. It's exactly the role he's been playing. The answer uh, to that question is no, by the way. They did not do any research. Besides Michelle Beadle, she's great. She's great. <clears throat> and follows me on Twitter, which means I like you. I think I know why she follows you on Twitter, but we'll leave that to another day. Why? Covington, well, yeah, why? There was the a hot there burger was, takes. No, because there was a uh, there was a certain article that Kyle wrote about a certain radio host a few years ago. Uh, there was a little Twitter interaction between that 
female uh, <coughs> Michelle Beadle uh, and and that male sports radio host. There was some beef going back and forth. No, I don't. I, I think she. I think that's where started it came I don't know what you're talking about. I think she followed me after before or after. It wasn't. I don't think it was during that. Okay. <coughs> can, uh, I t- can I tell you what I'm scared about with Ben Simmons? Please do. Okay. There was a moment in the game where there was like a ball that went to the sideline and it became a jump ball between Ben Simmons and someone else. And the guy kind of like pulled it, whoever was on the on the, the Wizards. And I realized right there, oh shit, just like what happened with Lonzo Ball last night with Patrick Beverly, eventually people are going to test Simmons to see if he's tough. And that's when I realized I don't know if Ben Simmons is tough or not. And I'm not saying he's not tough. I'm just saying that Ben is going to just keep throwing himself into people because that's his playing style. It's very wrecking ball-esque. There's going to be a time where one of the big power forward slash centers in this this league is going to go, you really think you're a center. I'm going to just throw myself into you and try and intimidate you. And I don't know if Ben's a tough guy. And I kind of think that he leans on, not soft, but I kind of think that, I don't know, that he's not that tough. I don't know, though. And I don't have anyone to tell me if he is or not. But that's my concern. I already, uh, I al- hold on. I already hate this narrative. I-, I can't believe you of all people. I'm not making a narrative. It. I literally just asked a question. You said I don't think he's tough. I no, said no, I don't know. He doesn't know. There's a, there's. A I don't know because I've never declared a statement. Yeah, and, because my thing is there. I don't weigh opinions until I see it with my own eyes. So I don't know if there's a history or not or whatever. He's physically imposing. I like his determination. I like the way that he drives to the basket. I'm just saying that I'm waiting for the time for it to happen to start ruling judgment. I just don't know. Well, I yeah. think it's, it's a little bit fair, Kyle. I'll let you get to this in a second. Because I do, I do think, think that someone's going to test him. Yeah, it's, it's a fair thing, and it'll probably be a narrative that'll exist throughout the season. <clears throat> Um, but it's it's fair to to point out that he still got his points, he still got his rebounds, still got his assists. Oh, he like, was fantastic. He, he got he got all of his versus Lonzo last night, who uh, finished, Beverly who ate finished his lunch. three points, four assists, nine rebounds. Beverly leaves the locker room or leaves the court yelling weak weak mf or bring him on the court with me and I'll tear him up. And I then love Lonzo that. Lonzo or uh, Lonzo doesn't say anything. Of course, it's his mouthpiece, his daddy Lavar comes out and says, you got to be so hard. Let's see how you do in the next five games if you're going to talk like that. So, like, look, Lonzo is a good player, but, like, the thing that that I was laughing at was this idea that Lonzo was somehow going to be a better player and better uh, better equipped to make an impact than Ben Simmons. And and I don't – I guess it's because it's the L.A. thing. Here's what's great about Lonzo. no way. Keep going. There's no way. There's there's just no way that Lonzo Ball is going to be – a better player for his team this year than Ben Simmons. Here's what's awesome is when the Warrior when people play the Warriors and people play LeBron, they those people know that they're about to get like the championship level effort. Like that random Cavaliers Charlotte game, like you bet your ass that Charlotte is playing as hard as they can to compete with LeBron. And LeBron has to play harder year round because he's everybody's championship game. He's a he's like a seventy year vet though he's ready for it. Lon, uh, Lonzo is about to get that effort every week because of this off season, and he has he had no idea that this was coming, and his rookie season is going to be so much harder because people are going to because they know it's a social media fiasco, and if they beat him up, they're going to get featured more. Dude, Lonzo is in for just such a world of hurt. It's going to be great. And look, if he ends up being a successful player this year, then like it speaks to his ability. Because yeah, you're right. Guys are coming for his neck. We said this all all summer. Like this is how uh, I think it was De'Aaron Fox was the one who who brought it up. That like guys aren't just coming for his head. They're coming for his neck. And and it's fine. Uh, we'll also have to point out the fact that the Sixers were going up against a team that hold on, hold on. before you third before in the you move on from they're going this... against a depleted Clippers team. So. Yeah. I, Hold on, before you move on from the toughness topic, I don't know if you're getting into the game itself. Um, the, fo- uh, <clears throat> the Fox thing 
is 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 good because Fox. <clears throat> oh boy, I might not be able. That's to That's the queso. This. Are you getting divorced? That is the queso. That is. <laughs> I'm getting divorced and spewing up queso at the same time. It depends um, on what part of the podcast his is wife queso. is listening to in the uh, in the shower. Is she listening to the to the Russ or the Lefko part? Because if yeah, she and if, is, and if if Kyle's wife, I don't know if you know. But people make fun of my voice as a divorcee voice, and your husband right now sounds like he's on the outs. She knows. The queso she knows that's him. the queso has landed in his lungs. So Fox You're gonna need an inhaler. Oh, is Fox took it to Lonzo what once or twice during the season, right in the tournament? In and, one yeah. in the tournament, yeah. yeah, yeah, the one in the tournament, and that was the one where everyone was que- genuinely questioning Lonzo's toughness, and I think that question is. Absolutely more fair for Lonzo. One, because we do have a little bit of this college sample size where a younger, more, or a, and not younger, but a smaller, more aggressive player took it to him. And you got the added fact that his dad's out there trash talking everybody and he's on the Lakers. And yeah, like this, when we talked about LeVar being a bad parent, this is why. Because you're, you're now putting your kid in an unwinnable or a very difficult-to-win scenario. So I think those questions about toughness are probably a little more fair towards Lonzo. As it relates to Ben Simmons, right now you're probably, Embiid is probably already entering that stratosphere of LeBron in terms of whatever center he's going up against. He's going to get their best game because that guy doesn't want to get Joel's trash talk. And with him, it's mostly good-natured, but... You know, Embiid, everyone, there's players around the NBA who are quickly going to become jealous of Embiid, and Hassan Whiteside already is. Those guys are going to give Joel everything they got. He can withstand that a little bit more because he's an absolute monster. Simmons doesn't have his size, but Embiid does also have a... Um, you know, less reliable body. I don't worry at all about Simmons's toughness. I think this thing cool. is tough. No, Simmons, I, well, no I, seriously. Like, I, <laughs> I honestly, it was just the first time I thought about it. No, I get you. It, but I, the reason I, I keyed on it is because there's – he's a different – he's more of a New York athlete than a quote-unquote Philly athlete. He's been treated like a superstar since day one. He had a documentary. Exactly crew follow him around college and I've always been concerned that the Eskins and Cataldis and older school guys of the world are going to run him out of town when he spotted dining at Balthica or whatever Balthazar, Balthazar. in New York with the Lefkos of the world Ooh, that'd um, be dope. 24 hours before a game you know and oh he trained it back he lives he has a condo in Manhattan I don't he doesn't but you know he will um and we're like locally we might have a problem with that I uh, everything I've seen of him, which isn't a lot on the court thus far, man, that dude seems like he takes his shit as seriously as LeBron does, or as seriously, if not more seriously, than LeBron did at that age. Like, he is in that was imp- downright impressive what he did the other day. It was. It was. And then just to, to get to the game a little bit with Embiid, I don't know how they're going to do this minute restriction because, dude, they they broke it in the first game. A plan. We're like not allowed the, to call it a restriction. It's a plan. Uh, the Sixers yeah, so have rebranded. Re- that was Joel's thing after the game. It was Brett Brown's. I, I, I am convinced the Sixers saw, marketing but... and communications team has rebranded it to a plan because they both said the exact yeah, same line after the game. Well, Don't call it a restriction. At least, fi- at least they're finally communicating. It's not like most of the summer where Colangelo and Brown were calling things totally different things with totally different expectations. You know what? That is the more positive way to look at it because we're, we're restriction, we're saying that we're removing minutes. But the true thing is, is we weren't really expecting Embiid minutes at all. So we're kind of being given extra minutes. And we were given a lot of extra minutes on Wednesday. And I just sat there and went, so the first game of the year, you think you have a chance to win and Embiid's going to play that 27 minutes. Like, you, this is going to happen a lot. There's going to be a lot of games where you're like, you know, we're down five with 10 minutes left in the fourth. If we just throw Embiid in for six more minutes, we could actually win this game. Like, that's going to happen all the time. I don't know how they're not going to do it. There's another thing that I think we kind of need to talk about with this Wizards game on the road. So you're, you're going up against, what were they, third last year in the conference, I think, or they were fourth? third um be it, seconds it's, this year. it's not it's not an easy place to go play and start your season uh they doubled up the sixers in free throw attempts they missed eight of theirs they had fifth, the number sixers one scoring five. starting five in the nba last year and the 29th and ranked scoring bench 
Yeah, but they uh, almost beat the starters. Yeah. Uh, the only issue that I think I had in that game is Ben's lack of willingness to shoot a jump shot. I like his slashing. I, I love how he can get to wherever he wants on the floor. Um, but they cannot survive as a three-point only and occasional slashing team. Like, you can't get doubled up on free throws and and have to rely on that three-point shot. Now, that said, the starting lineup they rolled out there with Bayless, Covington, uh, Embiid, Simmons, and who am I missing? Uh, that was really bad of me to forget. Uh, you had four shooters on the floor Redick. at any given time. The only guy who couldn't shoot was Ben. Redick. Redick. How the hell did I forget Redick? Um, but yeah, like... Cause you, four four mm. guys four guys on the team that can actually shoot a three. The spacing to start the game was awesome. The problem was at, at towards the end of that game, Amir Johnson fouls out, and you and you're faced with this conundrum of do we play Dario at the five? Do we break the, the minutes plan for Joel, or do we put in vegan Ja? You can't put Jaleel Okafor into a close game at the end. Guys, you just can't. Vegan Ja, Jaleel Okafor was a did-not-play coach's decision. Along with the fantastic McAdoo, Pullen, a- Justin Anderson, and Nick, I'm not J.J. Redick, Stauskas. Wow. Yeah, so... Now, it is crazy. I well, do also want to point out the fact that I... Sarge didn't play great. I said in our Slack group that TJ or that Timothy Lalawu Cabarro would play a, a good chunk, and I got laughed at. He had 18 minutes. That yeah, was but, that but was like second I'm I'm on the, upset the that he played. I'm not a Lawu Cabarrot guy. I know he's young, so I'm gonna shut my his mouth. His plus his plus minus was awful. I'm gonna he, shut my he mouth. He didn't do a. I, a I usually bad mouth young people, and I shouldn't do that. No, it's okay. You can bad mouth them. But look, big takeaway is that Covington knocked down seven threes in the opener. You know that Redick Redick shoots fifty percent from three. That's uh, awesome. See, I, I I disagree. You've now twice keyed on Covington as the big takeaway. I don't. To me, that's not the big takeaway because that's not a sustainable seven three pointers a game. He's a great yeah, no, Simmons, seven, Simmons seven threes. Was the big seven takeaway. threes is not a no no no. Seven threes is not sustainable. You are correct. What I'm trying to point out is the fact that Covington traditionally will have a rough start to the season. That's and, you're on. Hold on. But, you're on narrative street now. He, no, he had a rough I'm, start I'm, to the season last year. I'm saying. He no, could go over for six Kyle, tonight. Hold on, him. hold on, Ross. Hold on. Tell him. I'm keeping you. On, I'm keeping you honest here. Yeah. Yes. Get he, him off narrative street. He's had somewhat of a. He had a slow start last year. I think he was like what five for twenty eight from three, and he was five for eight. Or it's at one point the other the night. The first quarter of the season, he I think he was shooting thirty percent. Yeah, he was in three. a lull, but he's always been a good three point shooter and defender, and he's going to continue to get better. Clearly. Clearly, he was he was on last night, and when he's on, he's a, he's a really good player, and he's going to make himself a lot of money. He also has a contract coming up, and he's now playing with much better players around him, that so he's going to have a little bit though. more space. Yeah, so that's the a, point I was trying to make okay. is that because there were other guys to space the floor, a defense can't just key in on him being the only shooter on the floor. He had more wide open looks last night than I think he did his entire first year in the league. Is my point, and if he's even able to be a remotely consistent three point shooter. And you're running out guys like Bayless and who didn't have a great game, but Bayless and Redick who can actually shoot the ball. Like that is a very positive sign from where I'm sitting. That's why I'm saying that's my big takeaway because like we know that Embiid is going to be amazing. We know that Ben Simmons is going to be amazing. I'm impressed by we didn't coming know to his that. first game. We didn't know what that Embiid was going to be amazing and Simmons were going to be amazing. What? Well, just watch them play together and watching Embiid and Redick run the pick and roll was so fucking beautiful. Uh, I will say it's really painful to watch Embiid when they make him sit. Like, he wants to be out there so bad, and I want to. But, you know, we're going to Strasburg him. But, Which is, it's fine. And they're so but talented. He did say after the game that, like, he has such a big... Uh, um, he has a big role in, in deciding when he's coming out of the game. He said there were a few times that he pulled himself out. Like he, he pretty much openly admitted that his fitness isn't where it needs to be right now for him to play the 30 minutes a game that he wants to, which I think is it's good for a player to admit that because he also said that when you're tired, you're more likely to get injured. So he, he pulled himself out a couple times. That's good. Again, communication on this team has not been a, uh, uh, a strength the last few years. So the fact that he has a very good open dialogue with the team doctors and with, with Brett Brown is, is good. Well, they, I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I've got to go. Uh, 
any thoughts for tonight's game? God Worldwide Genocide. You always do that. Worldwide Genocide? Worldwide Genocide? Why? 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 All right. We'll, we'll see. They win tonight by 10. The line has moved from a they were a one-point underdog to open, and they're now one-and-a-half-point favorite against the Celtics. I think Sixers win by 10. Celtics are on Panic Street 0-3. They'll figure it out. But losing Hayward is is a big blow to withstand, and three games in four nights in what's going to be a raucous building at the well at the center. Uh, Celtics Celtics aren't ready for this too. They got a lot of new pieces. They they're relying heavily on a rookie. Um, they're trying to fit everything together. If there's a team that might already have more chemistry, the Sixers might have more chemistry. Then it might be the Celtics. That's all I got. Russ left. Um, Russ is gone. He's, and now I was respect, expecting a response, and he left. Um, Damn. The thing with the Embiid minutes thing is, you know, like, it sounds like occasionally the media will break news to Embiid about his minutes restriction, which is, um, you know, not the best thing. And to Russ's point, it does sound like there was a little bit better communication the other night. If Embiid can prove himself to be honest with doctors and – you don't know last year because he wanted to play those games in January so bad. It's really, it's still unclear who was to blame for that Rockets game, whether it was Embiid insisting that he plays or the doctors clearing him first. Um, but if they could trust him to say, "Look, I'm worn down. I'm tired. I'm in a bad spot." There was a couple of, especially at one point in the third quarter, you could tell. Kevin pointed this out yesterday. He was hanging around the three-point line. Brett Brown said you could kind of tell when Embiid goes three-point line to three-point line. I know he's a little bit tired, and he admitted as such to me. So as long as Embiid is honest, I think we have a better shot of seeing more of him because you don't feel like it needs to be on Brown. Brown mentioned something about there being 24 minutes of real-time rest for Embiid between the third and fourth quarter. And that being a big um, deciding factor to put him back in. And he talked about game flow and game pace. And Bede, maybe because he was tired, he wasn't banging down low a whole lot. There wasn't a whole lot of yeah, contact. Yeah, that was a little concerning. He really liked being outside, which I like him being outside, but I like that as a compliment to his game, not his main game. Yeah, and, and Kevin pointed this out. Like It was unclear whether he was trying to pace himself, which you really don't want. I'd rather get 16 minutes of Monster Embiid than 24 of Embiid pacing himself. Uh, run the sprint, not the marathon in the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, just the way the game was going, they'll put him back in. Like I wouldn't be surprised tonight if he plays 18 minutes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays 27 again. Yeah, we'll see. My guess is they give him tomorrow night off. Um, you know, this podcast will have sort of a short self, short self life, shelf life, because uh, two games will happen within the next thirty six hours. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I just thought, like, to your Ben Simmons was one turnover to have one turnover. Yeah, dude, it was unbelievable. And I don't know if you saw this. The per thirty six LeBron's per thirty six numbers. He played forty two minutes in his debut. Uh, he scored twenty. Um, I get the points wrong here. I think 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists, and three steals. Uh, Simmons in like 34 and change had 18 points, a little less than LeBron, 10 rebounds more, five assists, same, and two steals, one less. Um, You know, again, small sample size, but when you look at Lonzo last night doing uh, what, three and nine, which isn't three, nine, and four, which is not horrible in terms of you know, being well-rounded, pretty impressive. Like, you know, all these guys want to talk about how good Tatum looked, and Tatum continues to look like a genuine professional, but in the preseason and how good Lonzo looked in in certain games, shit gets real in the regular season. And to me, Ben Simmons looked like like a third-year veteran out there already, which is is darn impressive. No, he did look – oh, don't die. Oh, my God. What the fuck is going on? Kyle, are you going to die? That was the queso. <clears throat> oh, my God. I'll, I'll mute that. That mic picked I, up everything. I'm going <laughs> to mute that out. It's going to make it are you? here. Yeah, well, I will mute out the sound to say if you're listening to this, what what was, what was has been edited out is uh, the, some sort of concoction of uh, queso and, and If you've ever seen expelling. a war movie... And there's like this guy, and he's like, "I'm gonna be fine." And then like he wipes blood, and then he like coughs. 
Kyle just did the sound <laughs> that comes when the blood comes out. I hope you're okay. Good, actually. No, nice and clear now. Simmons, Simmons was uh, a joy to watch. I was like jumping around my apartment watching him. And Bede was fantastic. Covington looked great. I was cursing Bayless in the beginning and then loving his three-point shot. Fultz, I don't know what his free throw is. It still is upsetting to me. Um, but his ability to just kind of like fly all over and like make defensive plays. Dario Saric barely played. And I didn't really like him when he did play, and it, it's upsetting. I don't know what happened, um, and I just – it's tough. Like, I apparently he's a defensive liability now. Uh, but, man, I love this team, and they're really, really good, and they're really, really fun to watch, and they're so physically imposing. Like, that's a really good Wizards team, and it took all of their effort. And I don't know. I'm just I'm excited for you that you get to see them in person tonight. Well, the bro- the broadcast crew, which we got the A team of Mike Breen and uh, Van Gundy and Doris Burke, Mark Jackson will be back with them at least for the playoffs, if not in the regular season. Um, what do you think of Mike Breen? Well, wait, where is Mark Jackson? He was doing another game. He was doing the game after that. Uh, so Doris oh. Burke does have a full-time role as a color analyst. My guess is she mixes in with different crews throughout the year, but Mark Jackson got a contract extension, so he will be uh, certainly doing playoffs again. And my guess, Doris will be back on the sideline for the for the finals and stuff like that. Kyle Scott, bang! A foul! A foul! A foul! I like him. But I, I, I like him, too. Occasionally, He's genuinely excited. The way he says things uh, bothers me. I think they have a good rapport with Doris. Lisa Leslie puts it in. <laughs> uh, who's the other guy? He's all, Bosh! Bosh! I ca- I'm so glad Bosh is no longer going deep in the playoffs because I, I couldn't take that. They have a good rapport, both with, the, with Doris and I like Mark Jackson. I like a good mama that goes that man as much as I like. I like Jeff Van Gundy a yeah, lot. I do, too. I, I do think too. Van Gundy is great. I'll tell you what I don't like. I like, the T- I like Kevin Harlan and Marv Albert. I'm not the biggest Reggie Miller, Chris Webber fans. Mm-mm. No, Chris Miller's Webber, though, himself. Chris Webber, though, for the first time, called a game without explaining to the youth of America how to do a play. I mean, that was every time I watched Chris Webber, he'd be like, now, kids, kids watching at home, you see what MB did there? you got to put your pivot foot. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up. No one is watching this game to learn about pivot feet. But that was always great. But he didn't do it. Uh, uh, this year, which was actually pretty nice. So I don't know if they talked to him about it. I always feel like Reggie Miller, He there's certain guys who just look like, I don't know, he's a Turner employee, so I won't trash him the way you are. Uh, I'm not trashing him. No, 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 anybody. I'm sorry. I, just... I, I meant I'm not going to trash him because you're also a Turner employee. But to me, oh, yeah, I you feel know, like... we're like, we see each other in the mess hall. <laughs> I feel like. There's certain people you look at, and you're like, they look nice. Like, you look at Reggie Miller. I don't know if it's the big ears or whatever, but you're like, he looks nice. And then when you hear him talk, you're like, he's kind of, a, he's kind of an arrogant motherfucker. Like, he, he, he just kind of annoys me because he doesn't – his personality well, – been his gimmick his entire life. Yeah, his I don't even know if it's a gimmick. That's just him. He was the original ball kid. You know, him and his sister, really super yeah. famous, like in high school and all that stuff. She scored 100 points, and they were very, you know, like, oh, he's always been that way. That's why New York Knicks fans hate him. Yeah. Yeah, it just sometimes he's off-putting to me because, like, even the – sometimes the – like, guys like A-Rod on TV, like, he actually seems like – I'm not going to go call an A-Rod a good dude or whatever, but, like, he has a decent personality on TV. And the guys you wouldn't expect it from, you tend to get it from, and then you hear Reggie Miller, and you're like, oh, this guy's annoying me. Like, you could tell he thinks he's better than everybody. Um but I do like the ABC screw any crew. Anyway, they were talking, they were kept talking about the Sixer size and hearing, you know, this is a clearly they got their game notes over the last week, and for the most part, they nailed all the Sixers talking points. But they were you could they tell how amazed they were. They're like, they got Ben Simmons playing point center. This team is so big. They got Simmons and Sharich, and even Fultz isn't isn't a small guard. Like they were, they were genuinely amazed at like the looks the Sixers can throw at you and yeah it was great yeah I loved hearing it because you know and you're gonna you'll see this tonight when you're there um there, there's something about when a team walks in you're like holy crap this team is huge and we're that team and that's pretty cool 
Um, what do you think of Fultz? I thought he looked – he passed up one shot early in the game, like his first or second touch. I think Simmons hit him with a pass, and he was at like the elbow on the three-point line, wide open. And there's a screenshot on the site. No one within 10 feet of him. I guess the Sixers want to shoot that three nine times out of the 10. And he doesn't even think about it. Just drives the lane, winds up kicking out to Redick. The ball gets swung around, goes back to Fultz, who drives and uh, kind of gets gobbled up in the paint, and the ball goes the other way, and they don't get points out of it. To me, like if you have any confidence in your shot and you get that look, I know it's your first or second NBA touch, so maybe there's a little bit of you know, uh, pressure there to just take it to the hole. But you got to shoot that, and um, you know I, I'm I'm not gonna feel great about him till it looks like he wants to shoot. But I thought he looked good. He played with confidence. He got to the basket effectively, even though it was a telegraphed move. Um, in the words of Van Gundy and Breen, he is very good in traffic, and I agree with that. Yeah. Like he's really comfortable going amongst all those players, but amongst the trees. I do not know what's up with his shot. I do not understand why this even happened. I don't understand. That was like such a selling point in drafting him, which is 40.3 point percentage and his stroke that like looks like it translates. I don't understand how he drives a lane and does like a fadeaway and his form looks great because he's not thinking about it. But when in situations where he does think about it, you know, that will be an issue. Passing up shots, it being bad from the free throw line, like that's that's only going to get exacerbated. And I hope he can turn it around because I'd hate for him to have to be battling that fear his whole rookie season. Yeah, and part of the problem is if you're not – like right now his game is getting into the paint and hopefully he'll get better at finishing. But at least you're going to get into the paint and get fouled. It's one thing if you can get there and knock down 75% of your free throws and you, that becomes right. a legitimate weapon. Um, you could be you know, Kyle Lowry-esque. In that regard, how to get that? But in you know what I felt, Kyle. But he can't make free on, throws. That's the on scary Wednesday part. night. You know what I really felt? I went holy crap! For the last four or five years, I did not know what this feeling was like to watch a team play in October and go, or or really any time of the year, yes. and go, "This is a real team, and it's my team." Like, I've always, like, enjoyed basketball, and I've been watching, like, I'll watch, like, the Cavs, Celtics, and I'll watch, like, the Timberwolves, and I want to check out these teams. Damn it, excuse me. But this was the first time where it was our team, and I was, I just kept saying to my girlfriend who wasn't watching, I was like, babe, this is amazing. And she was like, what? I was like, it's just amazing. And she's like, what is? And I was like, just like they're good and they're going to be really good and this is going to be fun. Like I'm going to watch all 82. And she's like, okay, babe. And I was like, I know, okay, babe. Like I get it. You don't care. But at the same time, dude, it was awesome. Like it was, man, I just, I'm not used to it. Like I'm used to like appreciating basketball, but I'm not used to rooting for basketball, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. And I feel like the last time, I genuinely, I mean, the Sixers had that little playoff run a few years ago, but genuinely felt, hey, I'm, I'm rooting for my NBA team. Was the, was the Iverson runs maybe the finals? Seriously, I, I totally agree with you. It was like I enjoy the NBA, and for the last ten years, I've been watching. You know, I used to like watching the Suns late at night when I was in my twenties and be up later and watching Steve Nash. And then, you know, for a while it was LeBron and now it's the Warriors and it's like it's great and Russell Westbrook and you can appreciate watching these guys, but it's you know, it's just a, above the level of background noise when it's not your team, especially during the regular season. But sitting there watching that was the most into a Philly sporting event I think I've been um you know, not ex- excluding like maybe an Eagles playoff game or whatever. And I would also say Since the, the whole- Sixers, when they beat the Miami Heat big three with Michael Carter-Williams in his first rookie game, that felt like something, but we kind of knew that it was bullshit. This, though, we know it's not bullshit. Right. That was more amazing. It was like, this is crazy. They're not supposed to be that good. This is fun. But I I, I agree with you. To me, those that game the other night was like, I am. I am. 
I have a rooting interest here. I haven't felt like that since the Phillies in 2011, where even a regular season game, you felt like you could sit there and watch every pitch and not get bored and be into it and be rooting. And I would say, I would say that's the last time I've had that feeling in terms of like, I'm going to sit here and watch this entire regular season game and don't want to be bothered. And, and now we're going to, and I was explaining to my wife, this kind of sort of the same thing. I'm like, the beauty of this is it's been five years in Philly since we've had a regular season to give a shit about yeah, the Eagles don't count because they play once a week and it's fo- football's a different breed. But it's like, you know, the Phillies were playing every night. That was fun because for five years in the summer, like every night you could you could have something to watch if you wanted it. Now it's like, hey, we're going to get 82 games of this. This is great. They're playing both Friday and Saturday night this week. And same, I'm, I've been trying to explain to her why it's so impressive that Ben Simmons is a seven-footer who can handle the ball. And I'm convinced by the end of the season she's going to appreciate that. So, Kyle, if you're making a Mount Rushmore Philly shirt right now and you have Carson Wentz, Reese Hoskins, Patrick, and then you have to pick one from the Sixers, would you go Embiid or Simmons? I think you'd have to go Embiid at this point. Um, I think what, but what could happen between his minutes restriction, him inevitably sitting out games and you know, most likely dealing with some level of injury, hopefully not, but throughout his career, I think you're going to see Simmons just organically begin to overtake that number one spot. He, he's, he doesn't have quite, the, he does obviously doesn't have the personality that Embiid has, and he's not, probably will never be fully as dominant as Embiid has the potential to be or has been, but I just think he's like, he has a chance to be truly great. Like, if I had to put money on which player becomes a top five player in the NBA three or four years from now, I think you'd have to put it on Simmons just because of the injury question marks with Embiid, which sucks because Embiid has potential to be more dominant. Um, so I don't know. Right Yo, now it's is, Embiid, but I think Simmons might eventually just become the Yo, face how of is the team. Park, how is Park Restaurant in Philly? I've had their. I think it's Parks Burger. I've had it once. It's not to me. It wasn't nearly as good as uh, Whiskey Village. Okay. Have I'm you been? Start. No, I'm just looking at people's Instagram stuff. <laughs> Park is up. like super fancy, right on the corner of Rittenhouse. There, to me, uh, I think if you polled most people, you'd get you'd get uh, Whiskey Village is the best burger in the city. It's incredible. I'll have to try it. It's real. I mean, it's a whiskey bar. It's a Garces place. Like pretty much everything Garces does is fantastic. But yeah. it's uh, it's really good. Get the one with the truffle oil, and I don't want to do it. It's not like so fancy there where you're like, is this really a burger? Like Park, I kind of feel like, is this really a burger? Whiskey Village is eclectic. You could get you could get the egg on top. You can get the truffle stuff. But you eat it when you sit down and eat it. Like you're eating a burger. Um, that's the impressive part about it. Cause sometimes those places, it, you know, it, it's more delicacy than burger. You're still getting a burger. You can get a, you know, whiskey on the rocks next to it or a good mixed drink. Um, it's a really good place, really good spot. And that is how we should end it. It is. We start with burgers and we end with burgers. And this was a Sixers burger. Oh man. Enjoy the game tonight, man. Seriously. Looking forward to it. Building's going to be, uh, going to be, uh, off the chain. Yep, what was it, section 207, row 3? Say hi to Kyle's dad, not Kyle. And then then I'll know that you listened to the podcast today. I like that. Awesome. All right, see ya.